You're listening to Having a Chat, the show where we take interesting people with interesting tastes in music and talk to them about the music that they love. I'm Alex Spears, and this week on the show, we are chatting with Austin-based rock and roll band Duncan Fellows. These guys have just put out a fantastic new record called The Sad Lands. So we are very excited to have Colin and Cullen from Duncan Fellows with us to chat about some music. This is Having a Chat. Um, alrighty, lads. Well, anyway, thank you very much for, for joining us and uh, taking the time to chat. Thank you so much for having us, man. Yeah, of Absolutely. course. Um, all right. So uh, we're going to move into, into a tune uh, by you guys. And, and I was reading an interview um, where you were both asked, what's your favorite tune to play live? Um, Colin, you said uh, Can't Keep. And Colin, you said Sleeper. So we're going to kick things off with Can't Keep and we're going to end with Sleeper, um, just as an homage to, I guess, something that we're not really able to do anymore, which is play live gigs. <laughs> um, but I'm keen on just kind of, um, Colin, for Can't Keep, what is it uh, that you like about playing this tune live? Um, I think there was sort of an outro part of Can't Keep that was sort of the one of the longer um sort of i guess outros that we would play live or like more jammy parts i guess you could say um at least from the batch of songs from the first record so once we got there it always felt like a really nice space We're like okay i'm not because i was singing a bunch of those songs and so it was like really nice to not sing for a second and just right. play music for like you know two or three minutes so always love that yeah how about you colin i think i like sleeper a lot live just because we've had that song for so long that now in our live shows it's one that we've gotten to like experiment with a lot just add different things into it live and approach it very differently than how we recorded it what up four four years ago i think yeah um, so yeah it's just fun when you get to have a fresh take on an old song yeah, and, and like, what does that look? So, I mean, this is actually, this is something that we've talked about before where, you know, p- bands will put out sort of like demo versions, bands will, you know, like uh, a band that I really like is Fontaine's DC and they put mm-hmm. out, um, you know, th- they have like the uh, the version of their tunes that are on their album, but then they have like the Darklands version. Um, so like, what what's it like for you to revisit a song, like in this case, four years later? Like, a- a- and, and sort of what are the things in this case that you've, uh, that you like to add to it? Yeah, oftentimes I think for... I mean, it's just changing little things up within the song. We're not like changing it too big on a structural level, but we're doing big changes for stuff like that. It's either it's connecting things in the set. So like knowing what's going to come before or after Sleeper and just saying, okay, how do we blend these to be one thing um, or multiple songs where it's just like we can, I know like last time we were on tour, it was like five or six songs in a row where we just weren't talking and everything went into the next thing. Yeah. so taking it in the context of another song and making those two feel like they're supposed to be together, even if right, they're on right, separate right. pieces of work completely. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Um, so, I mean, with, with that, I wanted to ask you guys about, so, I mean, you, you live in Austin, Texas, which is, um, you know, very much a music city, uh, loads and loads of, you know, what some would consider like the coolest music festivals in the world are based out of Austin, Texas. And, you know, Toronto, like Austin is a music city and, and it's something that, 
you know, as I said, I have a friend from Austin and, and he and I always kind of connected over just like the music nature of our cities. Um, but with that comes this sort of challenge of like, how do you stand out? Um, like how, what, like, what do you do to sort of separate yourselves from, from an already booming scene? Like, how do you not just be sort of one of the, one of the, one of the crowd, you know? Um, so what's your, what's your approach to that? Like, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think one of the things that we were somewhat intentional about back when, shows were a thing like I mean it's also somewhat irrelevant now but one of the things we were intentional about was actually playing slightly fewer shows but having them sort of be a little more planned out a little more like prepared for and we like we tried to market them really well make a poster like have a Mm -hmm. have a Facebook event thing like that because we like the goal was really to like play fewer but make them bigger right because you can play every night in austin yeah. you could, you could play it twice a week three times a week um and that is cool but really it was like it's our friends coming to see us at least at the beginning for sure mm-hmm. so it's like our friends they're gonna come out and support but after they see you four times they're gonna be like okay yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah i love exactly. you guys but like i have to do other stuff right so yeah. that was kind of one of one of the things we did uh yeah yeah, I mean, I even remember, like I, I used to play in a in a band that was based out of Kingston, Ontario, which is like a like a campus town just outside of Toronto. And like we like I would I, I used to live in Montreal and I would travel there for gigs every single weekend. And it was the exact same thing that you just described, where it's just like after a certain point, because the only people that are turning up anyway are your friends. They're just like, ah, OK, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see you at the next one. You know, like it's just mm-hmm. it yeah, loses its appeal. Yeah. Um, so, exactly, yeah. and then that leads me into, into my next question, which is now that you can't gig at all, what do you, uh, like, and, and this has been something that I've been interested in hearing from just, again, such a wide range of musicians. What are you doing to stand out now? What are you doing to, I mean, like I saw you guys made like a video game on your website, which is <laughs> sick, but like, what do you, beyond that, what are you doing to, to stand out? Yeah. So I think, I mean, Colin, you can speak this if you want. Well, I mean, we just, Last week was the first time that all five of us have been together since March. Wow. Um, yeah, like when we did the video game release, that was the first time we'd all been in the same room. And the last time we'd all been in the same room, I had COVID and I didn't know. <laughs> so, wow. it was, so after that, we we're like, oh, sh- like, shoot, no, we can't be around each other for a long time. And this was like, right. I got it way too early, like super early in March from a friend that had traveled and didn't know she had it. Um, but now, like moving forward, I think we're, we're going to be focused on doing like some more. Um, we'll do music videos. We haven't done any of that. I know we're about to do like a live recording tonight that a buddy's yeah. shooting, like keeping it small, but maybe doing some like, yeah, like just we haven't done any virtual shows or anything like that, yeah. but more so like shooting live videos of, uh, of the songs that we're not getting to play from the Sadlands, the new album, since yeah. we can't do shows right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how do you solve for like, I mean, because, you know, going into this, it's been interesting just sort of hearing artists sort of come around on the idea of live shows. Like we, we t- I don't know if you know the band Skeggs. We talked to their bass player um, like right when this first started happening. And he was like, yeah, fuck it. We're not doing that live stream thing. Like, does anyone really want to just watch me doing that in my living room? And then like a few months later, they started doing it. So like, ha- has there been any sort of, I guess what I'm wondering is, 
is you guys not doing the live streaming stuff entirely because you had COVID or is it more because, you know, there, there was sort of an evolution in the way you guys saw it? No, yeah. I mean, I think that I don't have anything against those and I've enjoyed watching like a lot of those. It's been, um, yeah, it's brought me a lot of entertainment yeah. being just cats in the house and whatnot. I think for us, it, if we did something along those lines, we would want to make sure like we, we could capture the full sound, which is right. a lot more intense when you have like a full band. It's all electric. You have synths, you have drums to mic up. Right. And you need a space. And we have a lot of our own mics, but it just takes a lot of preparation. And I think, um, are you familiar with the band Parcels? They're from Australia. No. Um, they So they did, it was, I don't think this was like planned with COVID or anything, but they did a full live album that they shot in Berlin and they uploaded it to YouTube. Oh, I wasn't sweet. like, I just like, it popped up on my YouTube. Mm -hmm. I hadn't listened to them before and then watched like an hour and a half of them playing. It was like, yeah. this is incredible. This is like sounded fantastic. They did it in a nice professional studio and they were obviously like very well rehearsed and it was just all one take. Yeah. Uh, so something like that would be, would be cool to do rather than doing like, I think we go for like quality over quantity. Yeah, of course. Live shows and it would be the same with this. Yeah. Yeah. And also cool. we just like, we were so literally just really busy putting out the the record like right. at least i was like coding that game like every day <laughs> so right. i was like trying to get that to work and so we just didn't have like time to prep for a video we like ended up trying to shoot one but just like we weren't super happy with the quality of it so we we're like okay we need to step back and like think about this get a friend to help video it you know set up some good mic you know yeah don't just like film it on a laptop sort of thing. Cause I'm staring at your eyes all scattered Making plans to fix this disaster And I don't know if you're leaving or lying I don't know if you're leaving or lying down
So I want to let's get into I want to hear your guys' take on these uh, these songs that you sent me. Um, so the first one that we're going to do is uh, Time Song by the Kinks. Uh, Colin, what do you like about this one? Yeah, uh, everything. I mean, there's not I, I think I first heard this song a couple years ago. Colin and I are both huge fans of the Kinks. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just I don't know if it was ever released like in their proper discography. I think it was released later on. Um, but the subject matter of it and the and the whole composition of it. It's like a slow roll. It's a pretty relaxed song, but it's like taking on some very existential topics just related right. to like time and how we perceive ourselves in that. Um, I also picked this song. We, we quote little bits of this song in one of our songs from the new album, like right. I used to um, at the very end of the tune. Right. It, because that, that tune kind of deals with a, a similar subject matter. So um yeah, special for all those reasons. Yeah, yeah, of course. So we we recently spoke to um, Cherie Curry from The Runaways, and she also picked a song by The Kinks. And she, at least I think it was her, I may be confusing it with someone else, but she said that she prefers The Kinks to The Beatles. So in that sort of, you know, the old ether of like great British bands from the 60s, how do you see The Kinks stacking up 
Yeah, it's funny. I feel like that is, is an often, uh, like, a common uh, matchup is, like, Kingsford Beatles. I guess it makes sense. Like, but they're stuff. both incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great songwriters. Um, yeah, I almost I feel like know. it's, like, the edgy thing to say. Like, yeah, Kingsford I know. I feel like it's, like, but, you know, the Beatles, but have you heard of, you know, the Kinks? I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'd put the Kinks over the Beatles personally. Uh, I think I think... <laughs> They have like some more comedy, some more humor in their writing and stuff, which is which is pretty fun. It's like a little more, it's a little more lighthearted, like at times, I guess, uh, not all times, but. Right. You say know. that, Colin, but we Jack. So Jack plays synth in the band. Jack right. and I at Colin's wedding when he was said I do was walking down the aisle. It was a Kink song that we played. <laughs> it wasn't a Beatles song. <laughs> That is true. I mean, there you go. Maybe that is the telltale sign. <laughs> it's hard. I think the Beatles, like most, a lot of people are raised on them, you know? Like, yeah, of course. So it's like, it has the double effect of like your childhood memories and, you yeah. know, like albums of them before you even hit high school. Yeah. Um, and the Kings, I didn't get into the Kings until I was like in college. Um, so it's tough, man. Yeah. It's tough, Alex. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Time lives our lives with us, walks side by side with us. Time is so far from us, but time is among us. Time is ahead of us, above and below us, is standing beside us and looking down on us. When we were young and our bodies were strong, we thought we'd sail sunsets when our time came along now that we're nearing the end of the line time has changed time will heal time will mend and conceal in the end everything will be fine and if we concentrate time will heal all the hate all in good time We go on drifting on Dreaming dreams, telling lies Generally wasting our time Suddenly it's too late Time has come and can't wait There's no more time Um, all right, so next we're gonna get into uh, into your the the Canadian album. We're gonna so you know what what I'm gonna do I'm gonna merge your two Canadian albums together because you both picked Arcade Fire albums. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess from from both of you, let's uh, let's hear what you uh, I guess I guess we'll we'll start with Colin um, with Funeral or you know what we can even do. Why do you think why do you prefer Funeral to Neon Bible? And then we'll we'll go the other way around. Okay, good question. I was gonna say, I noticed you laughing. I wonder if you, how many 
Arcade Fire uh, references you get on your show in terms of favorite Canadian band, but honestly, not that many. Like, okay, like okay. So we get we get always a lot more, um, hmm. which is interesting. Like, we get the band a lot. We get oh, like yeah. uh, it's. I think you guys might actually be the first ones to pick Arcade wow, Fire. That's so that's the friend. That's the friend. a trail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean. So for me, Funeral was like one of the first, it, it came out when I was pretty young and I think I discovered it sort of early high school. Mm-hmm. That that time period is so confusing and like just such a weird time to be a human being, you know? And so it like has that connection for me, this very sort of dramatic, you know, dramatic arrangements dramatic the songwriting is super good i i like related to it just being from the south i grew up super religious so an arcade fire how there's so many themes just like religious undertones it's like the whole band splitting like from religion you know who knows but like those themes are all there and i just found myself really like relating to all those as like a younger person and it was like amazing I like, I remember and every song on funeral flowed so well into the next. And then like, they give you wake up is like track eight or something. And I like, I thought like all the good stuff had like (laughs) been done with. And then I heard that song for the first one just started freaking out, you know? So.
Oh yeah, so Cullen's actually from right outside of Houston. <laughs> Fun right. Yeah, uh, they're, from, they're from the Woodlands, I believe, which is like a suburb area of Houston. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so like culturally, we're talking about a lot of the same things that we grew up in, like heavy, heavy religion. Right. South, sort of Texas. Bible Belt. Yeah, the Bible Belt, basically. And so I think when I heard that in the context of the Arcade Fire song, that writing, like Wind's writing is so good. And the whole album was like this weird post-apocalyptic suburb, like religious sort of thing. I was like, wow, this is super cool. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right. So now with Neon Bible, um, <laughs> Colin, why do, you, uh, why do you prefer Neon Bible to, uh, to Funeral? It's very close. I mean, depending on which day you caught me on, I, I could say either. And I would also throw the suburbs in there as well. But Neon Bible, a lot of the reasons are similar to Colin. Like, I'd heard Funeral First, obviously, because that came out before. And I right. loved that. And, like, you think that it's like, okay, they've blown up off this one album. They're going to just try to make, like, stadium bangers for the rest of their life. Like, wake up <laughs> part two, three, four, five, and six. Um, but Neon Bible, for the most part, I, I thought felt like a lot more repressed it felt more intimate in the songwriting same themes i think are still extended through like it's called neon bible i even have um the book neon bible so you know who john kennedy tool is he wrote a book called confederacy of dunces no um it's a great book uh but when he was 16 he wrote uh, like a novella called neon bible which they got interviewed about and i was curious about too they're like did you know this existed like this right concept, the neon bible already was a thing and they're like yeah but two different things they're like not in relation yeah. to each other just the same vibe um but yeah i love it for all those reasons and like i used to just i didn't play guitar when i was in i played piano all growing up so mm -hmm. like i would go on the ultimate guitar and just play their album on the right, piano right, right. And all the chords and it's it's like simple songwriting if you look at the chord structures of it, mostly in like the key of C and you're hitting like your one, four, fives and all that. So it's right. very easy to play, but it was just satisfying because it's like, oh, this is just good songwriting. They're not yeah. doing anything like wildly different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Super meaningful either way.
Um, so next up, uh, Colin, we're going to get into the songs that you picked. We're going to talk about Always Archie Marry Me, or Marry Me Archie, rather. Um, yeah. it, it, there's like a comma in there somewhere, um, but yeah. <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's a, certainly a favorite of mine um, and, you know, a big tune up here. But uh, yeah. what do you like about this song and what do you like about Always? Yeah, yeah. So this is, I guess, one of the bigger songs off that first album that they put out. Um, yeah. I actually first... I think that I first saw, as funny as this is, the album cover was the first thing I saw of Always. And I just really liked it. And so I yeah. clicked on it. I think I was on Bandcamp or something, you know, something like that. Like the tessellation with like the sort of one person turned around, like really caught my eyes. And so clicked on it and then listened through it. And obviously really enjoyed that. I like jumped from there to, I think their KXP right um, seattle session maybe i know they've done a few now but this was probably their first one where i think it was they were just maybe a three-piece at the time right uh it wasn't i i just remember i i think if i'm remembering this correct it was like a three-piece and i just remember being like really impressed with the songs and how good they sounded with just bass guitar and like yeah. um a drum machine i think it was perhaps um but yeah anyways i just think their songwriting is really good and catchy to right. the point there's like it's like just really good pop yeah <laughs> and that's sure. always always exciting to hear yeah do you think that like the like a you know a test of a good song is like how good it still sounds when it's stripped down like that mm, that is actually a great question i i tend to say yes i think like and we sort of follow this test um not necessarily like intentionally but usually we'll kind of perk up at something on an acoustic guitar or a piano right. like oh that sounds really cool or like that melody's nice um when we decide whether or not to pursue something so i right. i think it is a really good test that does always beg the question well like how do people like animal collective write songs because right. i'm like these songs are sick but like they couldn't play this on acoustic guitar then yeah. again I'm just following my own talking to myself here. They played an acoustic set that Colin showed me a year ago of their Sung Tons album that like was insane. Yeah, it was so good, dude. It was just them so, two acoustic guitars and like a couple effects pedals. And dang. Yeah. Well, yeah. So sorry, I just went on a little tangent, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. I think, I think actually that so the answer to that good. is yes. <laughs>
Um, so next up, we're going to talk about Peach Pit being so normal. Uh, what do you like about this tune? Yeah, so this has this record has that vibe of uh, sort of like home to me. It sounds like homemade, warm, really good, really fun. Uh, sort of has that like what we were talking about earlier. That sort of I guess a DIY and a, let's you know quote unquote word, but like. Uh, <laughs> that really exciting feel to it. And I think that like some of the tracks just sound like them jamming in a room, which I like to think it probably was. And then, uh, so that's always exciting to hear in an album. And then we also, the other reason I threw it on here is just because we met them on tour and they're like amazing people. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, total sweethearts were really nice to us. So shouts out to you, Peach Pit. Um, But we're on tour with Sunseeker and they're good homies with them. Yeah, cool. we're just really impressed. Well, so I'm interested, like, you know, we, a lot of the time we'll have bands, you know, sort of like younger bands on the show who are like really grinding on that tour circuit, like, you know, as, as the opening act and, and you get to meet a lot of like different people who are at sort of like varying levels in their career. And I'm always interested in sort of um, asking about like words of wisdom or sort of lessons learned from some of these, uh, some of these bands that you've had the, uh, had the experiences of, uh, of touring with or opening for, um, do you, are, are there any that stand out to you guys? Yeah, let's see. I think one of the, I feel like Colin, we were talking about one of these the other day, pretty specifically. I can't remember exactly what it was, but, um, keeping it, I mean, this sounds very cliche, but keeping it fun, mm-hmm. like super important as, as Duncan fellows, because we were all met in college, lived together for a while, a, a part, like part of a few of us. And then we sort of just started as friends. Mm-hmm. Like Duncan fellows used to be a 12 person band of just like whoever was around at the right. time and sort of it evolved mm-hmm. as that. And we all did stay really close. So that was kind of the centerpiece of the band. It was, mm-hmm less about making it and more about uh, just kind of like making music with your friends. Mm-hmm. And that we, we get that advice on the road from different, you know, if you end up in a conversation with a, some band you just met or respect at a bar, sometimes you get, uh, you get that from them. And I always think that's a really good piece of advice. Yeah. I feel like it resonates with me. Like yeah. the people you're playing with. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> what? like the people that you're playing music with. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, too easy. Um, all right, so so last tune um, of the ones that you picked uh, is uh, is it Tazetta or Tazita? That's a great question. Tazetta by Milatu Atsake. All right, Atsake. All right, let's pronounce it too. But what do you like about it? This song is our tour manager Brett while we were on this tour before we recorded the Sadlands would essentially wake us up to this song every morning. Mm. And it actually, normally I feel like the inclination would be, oh, that would make me hate that song, but it has yeah. such a unique sort of vibe to it. It's like a Ethiopian jazz song and it's got this very peaceful sort of lilt that kind of carries throughout the whole song. And I ended up just sort of associating it with like that tour, right? which was sort of like, I mean, the last tour that we might go on for a very long time, you know, so yeah. like in a sort of a special phase before we recorded the album. So it, it kind of, the music is really lovely, but it also sort of, for me, is like, reminds me of traveling around. Yeah, of and, course. You know, sleeping on the ground, doing that, doing the tour thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, I mean, like what, what other like sort of, because, you know, because I, I, I've done, I've done several tours myself and there are always these kind of these little things it, as it sounds like like this song where it kind of just sticks in your mind as like a little reminder like whenever you see that thing or hear that thing what are some uh what are some other examples of that yeah i mean one of the ones that comes to mind oh, there's a bunch but the uh we decided to camp out on the salt flats mm. uh <laughs> one night towards the end of tour and are you familiar with the salt flats? Have you like seen pictures? No. And stuff? So it's Tell essentially, me. it's in Utah. It's right outside. Uh, it's between sure. Utah and like Nevada, like where they touch essentially. Yeah. And it's essentially a huge, I guess, dried up sea. Oh, this looks sweet. I'm looking at pictures right now. It's otherworldly, man. It's like an yeah. Holy cow. So you basically, you can go out there. And what people do is just drive around like they do like speed <laughs> races and stuff out there because it's super yeah. flat. But you can essentially just drive out there and we were just like, oh, we're going to go camp out out there. So we got out there. It's freezing cold, like way too cold to be camping. We didn't really have good camping gear. So we were just kind of <laughs> we were sleeping on the ground and stuff. Basically froze that night. But it was really cool and eerie just to be out there in the middle of nowhere, like right. making a fire. It looks like you're on Mars. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's like a very distinct one for me. Yeah, for real. And lots of the camping memories. We tried to sleep outside as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Just because yeah. it's nice too, like, and it's free. Yeah. <laughs>
Alrighty, guys. Well, um, before we wrap things up, I always like to give guests just an opportunity to to plug their their upcoming releases, um, where people can check you out, uh, anything like that. Where uh, what can the people expect from you? Yeah, so we just put out our second full length record last Friday, so that's officially out into the world. Uh, you can get it on any streaming platform or Bandcamp or otherwise. And then yeah, there's also the video game too, which you should check out sadlands.com sweet no shows, no shows. <laughs> all righty guys um that's it all righty thanks so much to duncan fellows for joining us this week as they said you can check out their new album everywhere you get your music Bandcamp, spotify apple music they've also got a video game out uh so we're going to link that in the episode description uh for this show uh, the show is produced by myself and Hillary Johnston. Social media and marketing materials are done by Petra Walker, and our theme music is composed and performed by Duncan Briggs and Sugarglass. Uh, and as always, you can find full versions of this show wherever you get your podcasts. Just look up Having a Chat. Uh, and to wrap up this week's show, this is Duncan Fellows with Sleeper. Time like we didn't care, we never took it back. Unholy light that we saw to our darker nights. I gave my heart to the Lord, but He threw it aside. And then I tried to tell you. Shake, fuss, fight 
Shake, fuzz, fight, calm down now, calm down now. Taking off your shirt. 